4: teething can be a real nightmare for your little ones. Highlands Naturals Baby Oral Pain Relief Tablets can help ease the pain. Its gentle, natural, active ingredients like chamomile and arnica soothe your baby's mouth and gums. Made with ingredients derived from plant, minerals, and other sources free of harsh chemicals, you can count on Highlands for serious pain relief for your teething baby. Highlands is a kinder way to care for teething. Visit highlands.com kind. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D-S dot kind. Claims based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated.
5: Hola, mi gente. What's good? What's poppin'? It's your girl, Amara La Negra. You may know me from the reality show, Love & Hip Hop Miami. Los quiero invitar to listen to my weekly podcast, Exactly Amara, where I'll be talking about todo lo bueno and none of the BS. Let me excite your mind with topics like dating, sex, relationships. Así que listen to Exactly Amara every Thursday on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day with 5G. Do you suffer from Zoom fatigue? Otter.ai is here to help. Use Otter.ai to get automatic meeting notes. You can even step away from the meeting and catch up anytime. Get started for free at Otter.ai or download in the app stores. That's Otter.ai.
2: The Large Nerdron Collider Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio.
6: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider Podcast, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I am Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is my super brilliant, creative co-host Jonathan Strickland.
2: Guys, I I really wish you could be on this video call when we do this. Ariel uh, really talks with her hands a lot. (laughs) And it's just very entertaining to me. And it never translates over to the podcast. Ariel, as always, I have a question for you. Okay, your question is, and this will... Actually loop back into the episode, believe it or not. You're familiar with the Dungeons and the Dragons, correct? I might be a little familiar with the Dungeons and the Dragons, yes. If you had to put yourself into a class in the Dungeons and the Dragons, like any class you want, it doesn't have to be one that you think fits you right now. You could be any class in the real world. Which class do you choose? Uh I would be a bard barbarian. A bard so a bard barbarian. <laughs>
6: yes. Yes. Wait, wait, uh, wait.
2: Are you do you only play heavy metal? <laughs> do you like do you like pose for Molly Hatchet album covers?
6: <laughs> Listen, we all know uh well, actually our new listeners may not know. I do dabble in the larping when it's not pandemic and uh I usually play heavy hitters barbarian type people uh i just like it it's just it's fun to to not have to worry about learning too much stuff and fun <laughs> to whack people with a giant foam stick yes but then i also i also play music in in you know my real life and then some of my bandmates also play with me so then i end up playing music and so bard barian is not an actual DD uh Class for (laughs) for anybody who's not familiar, but uh, I'm really working to make it one. So you get multi class. Yeah. What about you? I'm
2: trying to remember the rules for D and D and whether bard is allowable as a multi class character. Um,
6: Well, I guess it depends on the iteration of D
2: and D as well. Right. Yeah. You also, dear listeners, have to remember that when I started playing Dungeons and Dragons, it was after. The basic DD set that had been released, but it was when advanced Dungeons and Dragons was a thing before even the second edition. So I've had a lot of different experiences with DD over the many generations. I would say that uh, out of all the different classes that have existed throughout the various iterations of DD, I would go with Swashbuckler, which I recall from. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons second edition. It was in the fighters manual where you got like a supplemental manual to the game mm-hmm. and it had a whole bunch of different subclasses of fighters and swashbucklers, essentially pirate or musketeer type character. But the other option I would have gone with if I go with just the basic ones is also barred, not because I'm particularly musical, but because I'm irritating and rarely helpful.
6: I don't think that about you at all. You're very helpful, and I enjoy being around you. Well, that's, that's why you and I are in a party together. It's,
2: <laughs> you're the only one who will hang out with me. So I'm glad we have that question settled. And today we're going to be talking a lot about movies and what has been going on throughout the pandemic and how it's affected movies. Just as we talked about television previously, now we're talking about film and uh, this is also a moment for us to acknowledge that our our wonderful producer Tari she has a background in film she went to film school so i'm sure this is one of those things that she feels particularly passionate about as we are looking at how the the world of film is changing as a result of the the uh, health crisis but we're gonna start off by talking about specific movies and what's been going on with them. Some of them have have seen their uh, their release dates shuffle around a bit,
6: and and specifically geeky movies that we're excited about. So you know we're not always going to talk about TV and movies, but that's what we're doing today. All right. So I think we should start with the Batman. Yes, the Batman. Not just the Batman. Batman. The Batman. The Batman with Robert Pattinson. Um. Because they went back to filming yep. during during the pandemic and then they immediately shut down because Robert Pattinson had COVID.
2: Yeah, this was one of those examples we were talking about in that last episode about how depending upon who gets affected and and, uh, and how often they're around other people, uh, a COVID case can shut down a production for a couple of weeks. Now, in this case, you're talking mm-hmm. about the, the lead actor. So obviously yeah, that's going to yeah. affect things. But um, if it.
6: If it was a like a day player, like a, a one line person, they might just get replaced. Right.
2: If if and if they were able to determine, oh well, that person wasn't around enough people for that to be a, yeah. a potential problem. So it was originally going to come out on October in October of twenty twenty one, and now currently they've pushed that back to March of twenty twenty two, and uh, Dune. It, which was going to come out a little earlier is now moving into the Batman's original time
6: uh, launch window. Yeah, June was supposed to come out this year. It was, yeah, this year. It was yeah. supposed to be a Christmas present.
2: Yeah, um, the, the spice <laughs> must flow, but it must flow a little later than when we intended. Yeah, that's yes. that's a, that's a bummer. I mean, it's part of this is obviously because of delays in production part of it is due to just making the strategy of when your tent pole films are going to launch and uh, and it's also a lot of hedging your bets and wondering like when are you going to be able to make the biggest impact when will will theaters be open by then we'll talk a lot more mm-hmm. about theaters later in this episode
6: Yeah, Uh, and you know, that's not the only one. Matrix is also being pushed back. No, Matrix is being moved
2: up. Oh, Oh, it's being moved up. Yeah, this one's actually, they finished that one earlier. And so it's been moved up to December 2021, but originally it was supposed Mm. to come out in uh, the spring of 2022. I'm excited about Matrix 4, uh, although I never saw the third Matrix movie.
6: I, so just my very personal opinion, I, there are only a few movies that once they get to the third, I'm like, yeah, this is still super awesome. And Matrix is one of those that just didn't hit that benchmark for me. Well,
2: Matrix 2 is why I didn't see Matrix 3. Okay, like I loved the first film. I thought it was really interesting, uh, really innovative. It, It was the second DVD I ever bought. Which I think is, I think a lot of people. That's Matrix is like the first impressive. one, yeah. Uh, the first first DVD I ever bought was South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. So <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't
6: admit to that. But <laughs> hey, that's a that's, that's, just that's a me.
2: fantastic musical. <laughs> but Matrix Four, uh, I I am still kind of excited about it because I want to see what the new vision is for that world. I didn't like the way Matrix Two unfolded. I felt like a lot of the things I thought I understood about the first film, I was totally off base about. And instead of being excited by that, I was discouraged, which is why Mm -hmm. I never bothered to see the third one. Because I was just like, this feels like it took a left turn and I really wanted to see what was straight ahead. So I got, I was like, I'm out. Um, But I do, I do want to see how that goes. And of course, I mean, anytime you can build out the mythology of a science fiction world, I think that can be exciting.
6: Yeah, if if you just want to explore more of the Matrix world, have you watched the Animatrix? I have not, and that was one of those that I really wanted to check out because
2: I kept hearing that at least half of the entries in the Animatrix were really good, and the other half were, you know, mm-hmm. different. People had different reactions, too.
6: Yeah, I mean, I would agree, but it, it also helps you kind of explore that world more. It, you expect it to be a left turn, sort of. Gotcha, or or at least a, a bunny trail uh, but back to Batman is not the the Batman sorry is not the only superhero movie being pushed back uh, The Flash yep. is also being pushed back Shazam 2 is being pushed back and then, and then Black
2: Adam sadly not being pushed back it was taken off
6: which I, I just want to say like I enjoy Shazam but I was really watching it <laughs> Let's be honest here Uh, to myself, true to myself, for Black Adam to come in because that's Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Who I was very excited to see is Black Adam. So that's disappointing. I hope they, they bring it back at a future time.
2: I mean, obviously as, as we were just alluding to the pandemic has made it much more complicated for these, these companies that have had extensive like launch plans that are laid out to be like a decade out. Disney's done this with the Marvel films, not to mention some other ones we'll talk about in just a second, but, uh, you know, clearly something like this throws a, a wrench into all of that because again, productions are more complicated, and you're not really sure if you're even going to have theaters to release to by the end of it.
6: Yeah, the weird one for me though, because Black Adam is not the only movie from that studio slate that has been dropped altogether. They've also dropped the Minecraft movie. To me, I'm I'm thinking that's one that's perfect to making quarantine because it's all. I would imagine it would all be CGI and voice actors. I haven't heard much about the Minecraft movie. Have you, John? I have not, but I was really hoping it was going to be a live action
2: film starring Patton Oswalt with a pickaxe.
6: I would, yeah, I would watch that. <laughs> I would watch that very, very hard. Yeah, no, I, I, just, I didn't
2: even know there was a Minecraft movie in production until I read the So we read an article in Variety that had all this information in it about the different films that have been affected by the pandemic, and then we've got the thing that leads into where I asked the question at the beginning of the episode,
6: some something I'm also excited to see what people do with, so yeah, this was I didn't realize that
2: there was a Dungeons and Dragons movie currently in development until I was doing research on films that had been impacted by the lockdown. And I saw that one of them that was pushed back was Dungeons and Dragons. And I thought, really, they're going to try and make another one of those.
6: Well, I mean, they've been talking about it forever. So for me, it's not that I didn't know that there was a Dungeons and Dragons movie in development. It's that I didn't know one had actually taken purchase. I mean, we even heard Joe Manganiello—I think I said that right—wanted uh, to make a D and D movie. He's a big D and D fan. We know that Vin Diesel is a big D and D fan. So it was only a matter of time. It's just the past ones have not been, exception of the cartoon have not been the best
2: so most fun to watch. One thing I think is interesting is that a lot of the people who you would associate with actually doing a D&D movie, as in these are people who are either associated with, with loving the game or loving like video games, thing like like Henry Cavill and stuff, people like that. They're all these huge beefy dudes, <laughs> which is which is funny to yeah. me. Like like I think of the people I played D&D with, we, none of us were huge beefy dudes. Um so
6: No, but you p- might have pretended that you well, were. sure,
2: but these guys are going to have to pretend that they're <laughs> Like <laughs> I would want a and d movie where half the film is taking place in the real world and you see the 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 real people who are playing the characters. So
6: so, I mean, but if you've got a big, beefy dude playing a character, oh, you want to see the people playing the game playing the characters. Yeah, I see what you're yeah. saying. Didn't they do that in the last D&D movie that didn't I, go so I well? I honestly
2: don't know. I stopped. I, I It didn't have Richard O'Brien in it, so I was out. Uh, we, I, I couldn't do that.
6: Fair enough. So we don't know much about this D&D movie, uh, other than the fact that it was supposed to release in 2021, mid-2021, and is now pushed to May 2021. 20- Try saying that five times Mm -hmm. fast, 2022. I guess it's not that hard. Uh, But there are lots of speculations of people that they've been pursuing to be in it Will Smith, Josh Brolin, Chris Pratt, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, yay! Matthew McConaughey, Jamie Foxx, Joel Edgerton, Dave Batista, Jeremy Renner, Johnny Depp. A lot of them have worked in fantasy and sci fi genres. So it's not that they're unusual to. They're unfamiliar to those genres, but Looper did make an assumption or posed a question. And I wonder what you think about it, Jonathan. They said, are they looking at all these people to pare them down to one leading man? Or are they looking at all of these people to be leading men because each is going to play a different character type and a party is usually made up of leading men, which I think would be fantastic. I'd love to see each of them take their own style of acting and, and preferred genre and put it into their d d party character. I mean,
2: I imagine it's going to be it's gotta be an ensemble piece. It, it, if it's not an ensemble piece, then it's not really Dungeons and Dragons, right? So, I mean, like it, it, it might as well be any fantasy film if you have it where there's one principal lead and then a bunch of supporting characters. You could, you mm-hmm. don't have to have the D&D, uh, you know, uh, IP attached to it at all because really when I think of Dungeons and Dragons, I think of that that party experience. And honestly, I would like to see an all-woman cast uh and just bring all the actresses from Bridesmaids in and do a DD and d movie.
6: And me. Okay, and Ariel too. And Ariel. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have no doubt it'll be an ensemble cast. It's just whether it's an ensemble of like a big name and a bunch of lesser known actors or... An ensemble of all, yeah. I think it'll probably be. I echelon. think they're probably going to aim. I mean, a lot of the the producers that are
2: attached to this are people who have worked on movies like Guardians of the Galaxy. So you look at that mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, well, you've worked with some ensembles that have some some notable people in them. I mean, I, I think we could probably expect something along the same lines. And obviously, anytime you're you're trying something like that, the hope is that you can set things up for another franchise, right? So another yeah. like. How long are you going to go to the well of Marvel, DC, and Star Wars? You're probably going to want a couple of other things to dip into occasionally as well. And I think Dungeons & Dragons is one of those things.
6: Yeah, another one of those things is Ghostbusters. Yeah,
2: Ghostbusters Afterlife. So this was supposed to come out uh, in, you know, early 2021 at least. But uh, it's had its own delays. It recently wrapped shooting, as in uh, Mm -hmm. not, I think it was in November of this year that they finally wrapped. Uh, Obviously their whole production was delayed significantly through the pandemic. I mean, I remember seeing the teaser trailers for Ghostbusters afterlife, like almost a year ago. (laughs) And and they they hadn't even, they they still had a year to go before they wrapped shooting.
6: (laughs) Yeah. And this is a hard one because they do have kid actors in it and kid actors Grow up real fast. Yeah, I do. <laughs>
2: and uh, this, one's, this one's supposed to come out June 11th, 2021. And this one's from Paramount. We're going to talk a little bit more about some strategies that movie studios have when it comes to releasing films in the pandemic. What Paramount's been essentially <laughs> doing is rather than holding on to its movies, selling off those films to various streaming services.
6: Yeah. Something else I am sure I will enjoy. When it eventually comes out, yeah. is the Wicked movie? I've never actually seen the stage play. Oh, you haven't musical. I've seen it no
2: twice.
6: You know, and I I lived with a roommate who adored it. So I've heard all of the music. Yeah, you have, I just haven't ever you watched have it. You've defied
2: gravity on
6: multiple occasions. I have Defied gravity and and defied uh, societal expectations yes. for myself. That's,
2: I mean, that's, <laughs> that's that's your go-to. Yeah, so this was this yes. was originally supposed to come out um next December, so the 2021 December, but that obviously hasn't happened. I mean, they, as far as I know, they haven't even begun production on this. Uh, the the director who was attached to the project had to exit Stephen Daldry because he had scheduling conflicts because the delays had pushed this so far back. So as far as I know, it's still planned. Uh, there's I haven't heard of a new director being attached to it, largely because, again, it's hard to plan things when you're in the middle of a pandemic. But this is a, this is a bummer for people who, who like movie musicals.
6: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I do appreciate Daldry for stepping down, you know, it wasn't out of malice. It was simply, he couldn't turn it around in the time they wanted. Yeah. And I appreciate him saying you might find, find somebody who can give you a better product for the time frame yeah, you're looking he, for.
2: They, he said that it was a, an amicable parting. It was just, you know, it's just business. Uh, also just business.
6: I'm kind of excited because Jurassic Park Dominion, it feels like it's taking all of the previous Jurassic parks and mashing it all up together, which it is. Uh, And I'm very excited about it uh, to see all of those actors all together, the Jurassic world and the Jurassic park. I'm,
2: I'm curious to see if once again, we will have a plot that's so stupid about making dinosaurs as weapons, as if that would somehow be more effective than I don't know. Weapons. Uh,
6: <laughs> it's tr- it's Jurassic Park Dominion. They're all going to be wearing pith helmets, pith helmets, and top hats and monocles. The the dinosaurs, uh, and and playing parliament. No, I'm fine with that. So
2: yeah, this <laughs> movie was a, a, an enormous effort. It took a year and a half mm-hmm.
6: uh,
2: from pre production to to wrapping,
6: and that's with it being the first movie to come back to production after. Everything got yes, shut down. It was
2: the very first film, major film, to go back into production after the initial lockdown. Uh, according to the producers, uh, they administered approximately forty thousand COVID tests throughout the length of the production process. Once they came back online, uh, apparently the the COVID testing added somewhere around eight million dollars to the film's budget. Mm. Um, just just to make sure that they were doing things in a way that wasn't going to put anyone at risk.
6: They also had hand washing stations and temperature stations and doctors on set. They they worked with a private health company to make sure that their set was as safe as they could possibly make it, uh, which is fantastic. And then they all lived in a bubble, which meant they didn't really get to like see their family. You know, sometimes when you're shooting a film, if you've you've got a a period of time where you're not working, you can go visit your family for a little bit if they're not nearby. These people couldn't do that. They all had to be quarantined together.
1: But AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic.
0: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
3: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
6: In reading the article from Deadline, it sounds like that made them a lot closer, and so I'm really interested to see how that affects the actors' performances in this movie, because you've got that extra level of vulnerability when you're living with somebody day in, day out for that long. Yeah, it made me
2: think of uh, the stories about the filming process for Wet Hot American Summer, because everyone actually stayed at that (laughs) summer camp. And so through the process of staying there, they all got like ridiculous and silly, and it kind of carried over into the movie, which obviously is ridiculous and silly. So I, I...
6: Except for the the week that they rented it out to the bar mitzvah. Yeah.
2: So I think I think it's like one of those sort of things where it is kind of like you almost think of it as a sleepaway camp kind of experience, not the movie sleepaway camp. Mm-hmm. That's that's a slasher film. But, you know, different. You, it's, it's you different. get what I'm it's saying. Different. <laughs> well, when we come back, we're going to have a little bit more discussion about what is the future for film, not just as we go through the rest of the pandemic and out the other side, but but moving forward from there. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about with that, but let's take a quick break.
5: Teething can be a real nightmare for your little ones. So are you looking for the best relief to soothe teething pain? Well, Highlands Naturals Baby Oral Pain Relief can help ease the pain. It's gentle, natural active ingredients like chamomile and arnica. They'll soothe your baby's mouth and gums. No chemicals, no funny business. Highlands is a kinder way to care for teething. Get yours at highlands.com kind. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D-S dot com slash kind.
4: Claims based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA
7: evaluated. What's spring like in winter's favorite town, Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on Earth. Having three resorts, Park City Mountain, Deer Valley, and Woodward Park City in your backyard. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street, with its après ski scene and award-winning restaurants, discover spring in Winter's favorite town. Learn to visit safely at visitparkcity.com. What's spring like in Winter's favorite town, Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth. Having three resorts, Park City Mountain, Deer Valley, and Woodward Park City in your backyard. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. Discover spring in winter's favorite town. Learn to visit safely at visitparkcity.com
6: All right. So we're back. And a couple of our news articles, we actually moved into this conversation topic because it's important to the future of movie theaters. So universal pictures has shortened the amount of time that a a blockbuster movie, a first run movie stays in the theater before people can rent it online, buy it, such like that to, to try to make up for these profits that are being missed. And, uh,
2: it hit theaters pretty hard. It hit-
6: it, because it did. the original,
2: generally the accepted uh, approach is that a film is in theaters for like three months before you can start to offer it up on things like Blu-ray or streaming. But Universal shortens that to
6: 17 days, so half a month essentially. And- Yeah, and then like- very recent news, as in the week that we're recording this, Warner Brothers announced that they're going to be just releasing a whole year worth of their movies to HBO Max directly. Yeah, yeah without... Along with the movie theater yeah, release. Without
2: any, without any extra charge for HBO Max. This is to drive more people to subscribe to HBO Max. And uh, the idea there is that films that will go... Up in theaters, they'll also be available that day on HBO Max, and they'll be available for, I think, 31 days Uh, for free. Yeah, Yeah. so that that way, if you are if you are an HBO Max subscriber, then the 17 movies that Warner has on its slate for 2021 will all be available. And uh, both of these stories are making movie theaters very nervous, understandably. Mm-hmm. They are not they are yeah. not fans of the idea of getting rid of that exclusivity. That exclusivity of of only being able to see a movie in a movie theater is the lifeblood for for theaters and they've been having a real hard time in 2020. A lot of movie theaters have been looking at shutting down. Uh in fact, mm-hmm. Cineworld, which owns Regal Cinemas, shut down all 536 of its theaters uh for at least until March of next year because there's not enough movies coming out to keep them going.
6: The, I think the nail in the coffin was when the new James Bond film got pushed back. They said there's, yeah, there's just not enough movies to bring audiences in for us to break even. Yeah. They, they like, even, even if they have all full, like a lot of theaters are working at 25% capacity right now. So even if they have, if they sell out that entire 25% capacity, if there's only one movie, they aren't going to be able to pay their employees. They aren't going to be able to buy the popcorn. Yeah, you know? yeah,
2: the concessions and everything. We've known for a long time that the margins of running the theater business are really thin. Like theaters do not make very much money off of ticket sales. They make their money elsewhere, like largely through concessions and also renting out their space occasionally. And uh, and we're starting. Obviously, both of those take a huge hit, right? So if you if you're selling fewer tickets, mm-hmm. fewer people are going to be buying food. Um, and if you are in the middle of a pandemic, you're not going to get a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know what I want to do? Rent out a movie theater and fill it with 200 people." So it's mm-hmm. it's a really tough time, and there are a lot of articles out there asking about. Do movie theaters even have a future? Are they going to be able to survive this when they were already struggling before the pandemic? And now, Mm -hmm. not only has the pandemic shut them down in the meantime, but setting an expectation among consumers about what seeing a film means these days.
6: I mean... It is. It's really interesting to me because so much of the recouping the cost of making the movie comes from that initial box office weekend, yeah. you know. Uh, and if you're getting it for free on streaming, I I don't know how they're going to recoup that. I I don't have insight into that. Uh, but also, as a consumer, when when you look at, for instance, King Kong versus Godzilla or Dune or or something big like that, which are a couple of the movies coming to HBO Max. I want to see those on the big screen. There's so much work and so much detail put into the the special effects, mm. into the imagery, into the the landscaping and the and soundscaping. So much soundscaping, so much artistry put into the entire package that I, you know, I have a pretty good media setup at my house, but it still does not compare in any way to seeing it on the big screen, especially if you go opening night and you've got all the people around you. And I realize we can't do that in a pandemic right now, but, you know, you've got all the people around you and you all gasp at the same Mm. moments and you all laugh and cheer at the Mm. same moments. There is nothing to replace that feeling. Um, So Netflix
2: watch parties do not even come close. I, I fully agree with you, Ariel. I think like I'm a curmudgeon, I'm a grouchy dude and I'm i I'm the grouchy dude who, when I go to the theater, I hate it when someone is talking. I, I hate seeing that mm-hmm. glow. If someone's getting on their phone, you know, I, I'm the get off my lawn kind of guy, but I love it when a, an, a room full of people are immersed in the story. And when something exciting happens there is a reaction in the audience that is it, it's it's akin to the feeling you get at live theater, right, where people mm-hmm. are having it's it's a relationship between what's going on in front of you and the audience. Now, in a film, it's weird because, of course, the film can't react to what the way the audience is reacting. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is one of those things that's really special. That communal feeling is something like some of my favorite memories that inclu- involve movies, aren't about the film, but rather the experience of seeing the film in a full theater. Um, Mm -hmm. I think of Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, which was the goofy whales movie. You know, they go back into the 80s and they rescue some whales in that movie in Star Trek. I saw that when it first came out in a room full of Star Trek geeks. And the reactions, Mm -hmm. because that movie was so lighthearted and funny compared to the other Star Trek movies. It was such a huge surprise and people were so into it that it was it elevated the movie for me so it it is a really scary thing to think that that's a, a, an experience we may not be able to have for quite some time because even with things like rollouts for vaccines uh even with continued uh pressure to make sure that people are are behaving responsibly you know mm-hmm. there's just no way to I can't see a way for movie theaters to exist the way they used to moving forward. I think they're going to have to change, which in turn, as you were pointing out, means the whole film industry has to change because if you can't do these ridiculously enormous budget films and expect to recoup those costs, that's going to have to change the way movies are made. You're going to see a lot fewer of those big tentpole blockbusters because there's just no way to make your money back
6: i mean but on the other hand if you think about it for instance uh quite a few of our more independent movie theaters in a way to in atlanta in a way to make ends meet uh have been converting to drive-ins so they'll have a few drive-in movies each weekend and then they have some some new movies and a lot of older movies that people really like and like to re-watch playing in their theaters so you can run out of their theaters you can have a private party still at a a minimized capacity for an entire theater. So if, your entire, if you're the NBA team living in a bubble, you can have a theater together and watch a movie. But you might already have a movie theater in your bubble. I don't know. It's the NBA. I don't follow it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of them have turned to drive-in movie theaters. So it's a way that you can pay. You can be in your car. You're kind of still isolated, but you can watch a movie. And drive-ins were a, a thing of the past, and they're still around. Only, a, yeah, not so, nearly as
2: many as there used to be. We do have a a very, fairly big one here in Atlanta called Starlight. Um, that is, you know, they've often rented that space out for all sorts of stuff, like 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 farmers yeah. markets and things and flea markets. But uh, you know, a lot of those but, drive-in theaters that used to exist are have long since been bulldozed.
6: But part of the pandemic, some of them are coming back. But I guess my point is, my hope is that. That that community once once people are once we do have a vaccine and once once we're used to the new normal and hopefully things are better, that people will still want that camaraderie and and movie theaters will make a comeback. I, I feel like if we get to a point where as a society we can be around each other safely again. And, you know, I know that'll take some time. I, I know a few people who are worried about first run vaccines and things like that. So even once we have one, it'll take a while for it to get out to everybody and, and do its job. Uh, hopefully quicker than we're expecting, but but we don't know. But I have, like, my hope is that this time in isolation, this time apart, and this time watching movies on demand will make people desire to be together in these situations more um, in the future. And so I'm I'm hoping it has a comeback. I like going to the movie theater. I, I also am a curmudgeon about when people talk around on, on their cell phone uh, I guess I hit that when I turned 30, but uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I
2: wouldn't mind if we had more theaters that had there's a lot I don't like about the Alamo Draft House. I will not get into all of that. This is not the time and place, but I will say I love their policy. They have a zero tolerance policy for people who are talking or texting or anything like that in a movie. And they will tell you to leave if you're doing it. And you know, they want they want to preserve that movie-going experience. And that's the sort of thing I, I like to see because it really does change your perception of the film and change your experience of watching it. And yes, it's nice to be able to see these stories at home at your
0: own convenience and be able to- snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers
3: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Pause the film whenever you want so you can go and
2: you know, Mm -hmm. make a snack or go to the bathroom or whatever and you're not missing anything. You don't have to come back and say, what's happened? Why is she talking to him now? You don't have to do any of those things. Um, But it's you lose so much. I mean, just in the the scale, the scope, especially for those those Mm -hmm. special effects, heavy films. Um, And you lose that that feeling of sitting in a room with people, most of whom you don't know, and you're all experiencing the same thing and all having you know, these very human
6: reactions. Yeah. We we talked about on Business on the Brink how the millennial generation is much more focused on experience. Than things, yeah. Than things. And and I feel like this is one that is an experience, you know? So I know that movie theaters have been declining for a while, but I I really hope we find a way to pivot back and make yeah. them work. And,
2: and there are a lot of other things we didn't really touch on here. Uh, we're kind of out of time, but there's a there's a very complicated relationship between movie studios and cable companies because a lot of those have kind of merged together you know we mentioned universal mm-hmm. they're part of nbc which means if they wanted to they could use peacock the streaming service for nbc in a way very similar to the way warner is using hbo max right we could start seeing more fragmentation like that where we're going to see more and more subscription-based services uh, taking the place of things like the theatrical experience. That could be a future. It's not one I particularly want to see, but uh, this this is complicated stuff because those companies have all kind of merged into these mega uh, communications and entertainment companies. And And it's funny yeah. to me because this is the same sort of thing that the U.S. government previously attempted to prevent. Like, there were rules in place where movie studios would not be allowed to own chains of theaters because it was anti-competitive. But now we're seeing that exact same thing play out. It's just not movie theaters. It's in streaming services because it's cable companies. Mm -hmm. And, and there was no one to step in the way of any of that.
6: Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately we're out of time, so we can't dive further into that today. Uh, maybe in a future. That's episode. okay. We
2: we've got a <laughs> we got a mashup ahead of us that's going to be a lot of fun to chat about. Uh, but first, I think uh, we're going to take a quick break and, and drown our sorrows, perhaps in, in in some fruit punch.
0: Here at Freddy's, we could tell you how our original double is a steak burger made with 100 percent lean ground beef. Cooked to order with deliciously crispy edges and finished off with our Freddy's famous seasoning. But we'd rather let our original double speak for itself. Couldn't have said it better ourselves. Enjoy food made fresh the Freddy's way. Tap now or learn more at freddysusa.com.
4: Do you suffer from Zoom fatigue? With so many meetings each day, who can remember the key takeaways? Try otter.ai to capture automatic live notes for meetings, interviews, or lectures. You can search the meeting notes, highlight action items, share the notes with your coworkers, and also play back the audio. Can't join a meeting? No worries. Send your otter assistant to capture the notes for you. Otter.ai works for in-person and virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Get started for free at otter.ai or download in the app stores. That's otter.ai.
8: How do you prepare your kids today to succeed in tomorrow's world? Meet Junie. Junie is an online learning experience equipping the next generation of students to solve the world's largest problems. Best known for their STEAM courses like coding, investing, and novel writing, Junie is starting off the new year right by adding even more great courses. All new robotics, crypto, app development, 3D design, and more. So many options for kids 7 to 18. And with varying types of learning formats and project-based curriculum, your student will be ready to take on the real world. See for yourself why Juni is trusted by thousands of parents and loved by kids. Go to junilearning.com and take advantage of a special invite to kick off the new year. Enter promo code IHEART30 at checkout for 30% off. That's J-U-N-I learning.com and promo code IHEART30 for 30% off all the great courses Juni has to offer.
6: And we're back. Listen, we just had a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. That's true. And we're about to have a Dune movie. Look, I know they're both really old properties. We talked about (laughs) Sonic on Business in the Brink and Dune I can't remember when I first learned about it because it was around it's been around forever, yeah, not forever, but for a while um, <laughs> but they're they're new again, so I wanted to okay, I wanted to pick things that were relevant currently
2: okay, so uh we would typically go uh, do a rundown on what these are, so dune being a a famous science fiction uh, uh epic series at this point, mm-hmm. uh, Frank Herbert creating it, and it's a a a series that begins. ...with a character who inherits his father's legacy, and his father himself has been uh, essentially punished by being sent to lord over a desert planet called Arrakis. Uh, But it's, it's complicated politics and mythology... It's got uh, this mixture of mysticism and science fiction.
6: Mobile sarlaccs, essentially. Yeah,
2: yeah. Sandworms (laughs) being the big famous image that you see. And it's influenced tons of stuff. Uh, It's been adapted into films and miniseries before. Uh, The film often gets a lot of criticism. The original movie gets a lot of criticism, Uh, partly because a lot of the stuff that happens in the book has characters who are, Are thinking things through. So how do you portray that when it's a movie? Because you can't like you could try and create dialogue, but that gets very artificial very quickly. Uh, So so there was a lot of voiceovers.
6: There's a lot of voiceovers. Also, you know, as as an actor, I'm often told it's it's what you think between the lines that sells it. But you get tired of watching that much thinking. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, you'd have characters essentially stop what they're doing for like Forty-five seconds, so that this monologue yeah. could be performed via voiceover while they were staring out at nothing. Do uh, you
6: do you like Dune?
2: I do. Right. I do like Dune. Um, you know, it's I'm not a I'm not a diehard Dune fan, but that's because when I was growing up, I I leaned more toward fantasy than science mm-hmm. fiction. Uh, the two were always grouped together in bookstores but I was more of a fantasy guy. So again, Tolkien, I mean, I've got the Tolkien tattoo, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, I, I have an appreciation for Dune and there is a lot of fantasy in Dune as well. Like Mm -hmm. it, I think of it as science fiction, but if you actually read through it, there are a lot of fantastical elements, things, things that, things that almost range toward magical, um, Mm -hmm. with that, the way those, those, that world plays out.
6: Yeah. Um,
2: or were, okay. are, you a, are you a big fan of Dune?
6: I am. Uh, so I, I watched I watch the original movie. That was my intro to it, I will just say, mm-hmm. uh, way back when. Um, but I like it. I do like the story. Um, I'm very excited about the new movie. It looks like it holds pretty true to the book, which is something we have talked about in past, past podcasts. Try mm-hmm. saying that five times fast.
2: Or yeah, and- just once for me.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For me, obviously, too. (laughs) Or I'm sure we'll talk about it again in the future as well, because Mm. it's it's something that constantly comes up in the geekosphere.
2: Right. Right. How do you how do you adapt things that were in one medium for another? And how do you satisfy not just the fans of the original, but how do you bring new fans in who are unfamiliar with the the stuff? This is really... We will do episodes where we dive into that because that is a big, heavy, like complicated topic.
6: Yeah. So so I am and and I don't mind. I don't mind when movies uh, veer from the books because sometimes they need to. Mm -hmm. But as you said, like with the thinking, um, I am a fan of Dune. I am more of a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. The Uh,
2: movie? (laughs) Holy cow. The game. Oh, okay.
6: The game. Uh, I haven't. Full disclosure, I haven't seen the movie. It actually got better reviews than I expected it to.
2: The Mabimbam boys had some interesting, funny things to say about it. I think they said it on The Besties, though. I don't think it was a Mbembem. Yeah, episode.
6: I was say, I don't, I don't recall. I'm not 100% caught up on, on their series, but I don't recall them talking about right. it. I think it was The Besties. Um, so so but, just
2: Justin and Griffin. But yeah, yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, I saw, I also have not seen it, full disclosure. Uh, but I, I've seen reviews about that. But we were really basing it more on Sonic the Hedgehog, the the character the in game. general. And yes. yeah, it's a game series that's been around for many years. Uh, out of Sega, and yeah, of course, he, uh, he,
6: he Sonic was a direct response to to Mario, kinda, and gave him a literal run for his money.
2: Yeah, but they um, needed ca- they needed they needed to have a a a video game iconic character to help the Sega brand. And uh Sonic ended up being it, uh, a blue hedgehog who runs really fast and has a perpetual arch nemesis in the form of Dr. Eggman.
6: Who who turns poor little cute little animals into robots.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Dr. It, Robotnik. It, it, it's actually when you, it's actually when you really look at, at uh, the, what's going on in sonic that you realize like wow this is like some cronenberg level horror stuff going on here
6: don't say that i don't like horror but <laughs> yeah. i the, the thing i like about sonic is because you you spin and then you just spin as a as as the character and it is certainly a difficult game especially when you get to the higher levels but i I am horrible at jumping from platform to platform like yeah. you do with Mario. And yeah. I like Mario, but you can skip a whole bunch of that if you're good at Sonic. You just spin right over it. <laughs> yeah. And then you're at the end of the, the level. So,
2: yeah, I, I am also not particularly strong at platformers. So while <laughs> I, I think some people might view this, at least the early Sonic games as being a platformer with training wheels, I don't mind having training wheels if it means I get to learn how to play. Uh, so um, I have a pitch. Before Sonic the okay. Hedgehog meets Dune. You ready? I actually wrote yes. this one down. Here we go.
6: Oh my goodness. So, okay.
2: Sonic Atreides is a young hedgehog noble who gets plopped down on the planet Arrakis. While he's enjoying a spicy chili dog, boosted by a bit of melange in the chili spice, an armed force under the command of the evil Baron Dr. Vladimir Robotnik, Sonic's family is wiped out. But Sonic escapes into the desert wasteland when he discovers that the melange has given him the ability, nay, the compulsion, to run fast. Gotta go fast, he says, a lot, and he runs out from the dangers of a military takeover into the dangers of a desert filled with sandworms, and there he discovers a brave indigenous force and a whole bunch of sandworms and a love of gold rings for some reason. I still need to work that part out. <laughs> the gold rings—I'm having—I'm having trouble working the gold rings in.
6: Okay, okay. So that—that um, that brings me to my pitch, which—okay—flat out not as good as yours. Way to mesh all those characters together. But okay, so Paul Atreides, who's the main character of Dune, uh, is with the Benny Gesserit. and he has to f- stick his hand in essentially what I remember as being the same as the Boo Box from Hook. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, The the pain box where you don't know what's in it. And he pulls out his hand and on each finger is a gold ring. And all of a sudden there is a rumble under the ground as these five gold rings call this horrible creature to him. And you just see the sand. He's, he's staring out into the desert as the sand is flying everywhere. And mountains crumble on either side of this huge mound that is spinning towards him. And out pops this giant razor-toothed blue giant hedgehog whose nose could swallow you. Not his mouth. No, his nose because he is that big. I'm sorry. I'm sad I'm yelling into the microphone. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> and then she, he asked for a chili dog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so in your version of Dune meets Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic is a sandworm.
6: He is. And it's very anti-climatic.
2: That's, But it's really exciting. Like I... I legit had not thought of that as a possibility.
6: <laughs> you know, that's that's honestly what made me want to do. I was like, Sonic was recent. June is recent. Sonic could be a sandworm. I like that you made the chili dog the spice. I may have I may have stole that a little <laughs> bit from you, but yeah. Um, we didn't.
2: Yeah. We didn't even mention that that in Dune, there's this uh, the substance on Arrakis in particular called spice, which can be refined into a drug called melange, and that uh, has different different effects on people. But that's why I was like, what if? the melange chili dog is what gives sonic the ability to run fast (laughs)
6: yes yes so uh yeah which i think was more of a thing in the cartoon and maybe the movie than the video game yeah by far the cartoon was a lot of fun you guys it's it's old i don't know if it holds up but it was a lot of fun at the time
2: yeah so that's kind of an example of the sort of mashups we'll do we did one uh did we? Was that just a test where we did Willy Wonka and um, and the
6: Candyman? The yes, the Candyman.
2: Oh, uh, yes. that one turned out great.
6: Well, maybe we'll be able to revisit it because while those things were supposed to come out, at least I think Candyman was supposed to come out around this time, and I was hoping to get it out for Halloween twenty twenty. Um, because of pandemic, everything's been pushed back. So yeah. the news at the time was that uh as we all know and we'll we'll definitely talk about this more in depth in the future jordan peele is remaking the old horror movie Candyman um to be a little bit more poignant to today's issues although it was at the time as well yeah Uh, just it was
2: actually really yeah really a kind of a forward-thinking horror movie at the time
6: yeah so he's but he's bringing it back around from all of the sequels to its original form and then Mm. uh also, at the time, it, it had been announced that Netflix was going to do a Roald Dahl uh, series. Uh, so, hence that mashup. We might bring it back because neither of those things have actually come out yet. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't, don't want to spoil what we came up with for that. Um, but this next part is new because when we were doing the, the mashups as movies, as sight gags, we couldn't ask you guys what what you would have done in the mashup. But if you just listen to Sonic and Dune and we're like, huh, I think I could do better.
2: <laughs> which, which we do not dispute.
6: Yeah. Write us and tell us how you would mash those two up. I mean, we might even read it on the air as yeah. opposed to just reading it and going, dang, why are they so creative?
2: <laughs> right. And also the same thing is true for if there are, Either discussion topics within the Geekosphere that you feel really merit a, a kind of, you know, conversation and maybe debate. Uh, it could be anything within the Geekosphere. Everything from, you know, the the adaptations. We've got a planned episode coming up about uh, the use of nostalgia as mm-hmm. a, a jumping off point that I have a lot of feelings about, and a lot of thoughts about. I think um,
6: it'll be a multi-part discussion because there's lots of facets to it as well.
2: That's true. And then there's also, if you have suggestions for mashups, those, that's another great thing to get in touch with us about. Like if there's two properties that, preferably properties that are not that, at least on the surface, similar to one another. If it's two things that are really close to each other, there might not be a whole lot of material to work with, but we'll, yeah. we'll give it a shot. But all of those things are the sort of things we'll be looking out for. If you do have an idea that you would like us to know about one way to get in touch with us right now, while we still establish our presence online is on Twitter. On Twitter, we are LNC underscore podcast. And so you can send us a tweet or a DM there and uh, we'll make sure our DMs are open for that. And that would be one way to get in touch with us. Uh, we also have an Instagram account, so you can message us there as well.
6: Yes. And we are also on Facebook, which I check pretty regularly so you can message yes. us there as well.
2: That one that one is all up to Ariel cuz I yes. ditched it.
6: <laughs> all all the social medias. One thing we're about at the Large Drunk Collider podcast that we didn't talk about that I do want to end with is that, you know, geeks are very very passionate. And you can be opinionated about something and still be kind to people who have different opinions than you. So be nice. We're yeah. we're open to even even if you want to send constructive criticism, we're open to that, but be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just be yeah.
2: Nice. Yeah. Our, our opinion is that, that we can love something. We can critique that something, but there's no need to get mean about it. And that, uh, you know, there, if I get into a conversation with someone who genuinely loves the star Wars prequels, uh, I can be of the right temperament to accept that they hold an opinion that is very different from mine, but that does not make that opinion less valid, even though they're wrong.
6: We're gonna talk about that in a upcoming episode, so don't spoil it yet, Jonathan.
2: Okay, fair, fair enough. I d I don't think I don't think I tipped my hand too much about my feelings. No.
6: You didn't. You didn't. <laughs> but uh, before we get into territory where we're a two-hour episode again, I think we should sign off for this one.
2: So yes, we look forward to conversing with you about all things geeky in the future we will have uh, uh, several episodes ready to go right at the beginning so chances are if you want to dive into more you've got it just a click away and yes. every week we'll be bringing you fresh new geekiness so we look forward to chatting with you again really soon
6: yes until next time I have been Ariel Caston,
2: and I am let me check my notes Jonathan Strickland
4: teething can be a real nightmare for your little ones. Highlands Naturals Baby Oral Pain Relief Tablets can help ease the pain. Its gentle, natural, active ingredients like chamomile and arnica soothe your baby's mouth and gums. Made with ingredients derived from plant, minerals, and other sources free of harsh chemicals, you can count on Highlands for serious pain relief for your teething baby. Highlands is a kinder way to care for teething. Visit highlands.com kind. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D-S dot kind. Claims based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated.
7: What's spring like in winter's favorite town, Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth. Having three resorts, Park City Mountain, Deer Valley, and Woodward Park City in your backyard. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic main street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. Discover spring in winter's favorite town.
1: Learn to visit safely at visitparkcity.com. The more we learn about COVID-19, the more questions and worries we have. CalHOPE can help with free COVID-19 emotional support. Call 833-317-4673 or live chat at calhope.org today.